Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been watching and this week listening to. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. This week we're talking bloodthirsty wolves, superheroes, some more South by Southwest faves, some music, and of course, hammer horror. Also, I just had a brilliant idea. Ooh, what's that? Every time a car drives past your house in a recording, can we just play Fast Car by Tracy Chapman and just have... (laughs) feel like a soundboard music cue every time you know i i thought if it wasn't for the fact that i have a feeling that at that point if we just keep like inserting that song at some point we're gonna get copyright strike struck and then like <laughs> scar for life will just be over because it'll be in every single episode like 20 times because it's ridiculous at this point just it came to me and i just had to share it because it made me giggle so i figured it would make you laugh as well <laughs> Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, seriously, paved so. over paradise. Wait, that's not. <laughs> that's a different song. You've got a fast car. Oh my god! Yes. Um. Oh, I yep. love that song. Yep, that song's right? great. That song's right? so good. It is like a chill vibe song. Like I just want to throw that on and just like vibe. All right, guys. Um, the podcast is done. We're gonna go vibe and listen to <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we said these are minisodes, so this one and is like an, a minute and 45. You're good. All of those things I introduced at the beginning. There we go bullshit. again. You've got a fast car. <laughs> I think I should just sing it every time, and that's even worse. It's not is it worse or is it better? It's not technically copyright. It's just me going, because I don't actually don't know, know the, the words. lyrics of the song. <laughs> I just know, you've got a fast car. <laughs> Y'all, it's been um, a week. It has been a week. Yeah, it's been uh, a week. So besides that, um, well, tangent, before we, t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Hi guys. Uh, <laughs> before, okay, so before we do we talk about movies, I do want to talk about friend of the show and one time guest, and also our music creator Sean <gasps> Keller. He has a new EP coming out on the first of April. I promise it's not an April Fool's joke. He actually does <laughs> have an EP coming out. Um, it's called Neon Vampires, and it's Yay. five tracks. And you can pre-order the album right now for five bucks. I really recommend it. I've listened to the whole thing at this point. And it's really good. If you were really vibing for the kind of tone he was delivering with some of the songs in his last Halloween album, I think you're really going to vibe with this one. Speaking of vibing. And he did give us um, the permission to share one of the songs in the episode. So I'm going to um, include that right here. It'll be Children of the Night.
but that's that's that music uh we'll have like all the information and in, uh in the notes for to go pre-order and stuff and i if you really liked it I, the rest of the album is is following along this kind of dance goth synth that he's exploring in that song children of the night and it's it's really good there's even one song on there that i i told him that brought me back to watching fright night and watching Ooh. that uh the club scene and kind of feeling that sort of chemistry between all three of them like it was bringing me back to that kind of moment i was really really digging it that's amazing and john is such a talented musician and obviously like terry said did our does our theme did our theme music so please go and support his amazing work yeah so besides that uh why don't you start off mary beth what um what, what's one of the movies you wanted to talk about all right i'll mention this very briefly because i just wanted to tell to say it i watched the Snyder Cut of Justice <laughs> League. I have never seen Justice League. I had no context for this. Steve and I were just like, we went out, we were going to watch a Godzilla movie. And then we went to HBO Max and it was right there. And we were like, should we just do it? And we did it. We watched all four hours. In one sitting? In one sitting, yes. We wow. took a break, like two hours in between, like two hours in, but only for like 30 minutes. It was, I was impressed with this. I It wasn't good, but we didn't stop watching it. So okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Have because... you seen any of his, his other See, entries? Okay. I like Zack Snyder at a very, a very specific like era of Zack Snyder. Because like, Watchmen is one of my favorite, was one of my favorite movies for a very long time. Because I love the mm -hmm. graphic novel. And I actually thought the movie was a pretty decent adaptation of the source material. And so I liked Watchmen a lot. I liked Sucker Punch. Don't come for me, y'all. I liked Sucker Punch. And I enjoyed 300. They're all like stupid action movies. I thought it have like a really distinct visual style. And I enjoyed them. Mm -hmm. They don't have that in Justice League in the Snyder Cut. It's just not. It's just too much. Like, I didn't need a four-hour cut. There's too much shit in there. Gal Gadot is not a very good actress. Yeah. But I loved cyborg and i That's hear that I really like, he gets he gets a lot in this right it's a lot of, yeah that about was him. what shocked me that he didn't get a lot he didn't get a lot of time in the original cut because he's the most interesting character in the snyder cut i think like he mm. has the most interesting like backstory and also just like trajectory also it took them an hour and a half to introduce all five members of the justice league like they took an hour and a half to introduce all of them like once they're all introduced like okay now here's what's going on an hour and a half wow that's like so I don't know like most of the whole movies movie. I watch. Yeah. So I mean, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I had a good time. Steve and I just sat there and did like mystery science theater riff track shit and just talked about it the whole time. So like that was fun. So you know, uh, I can't say that it it's worth your time. But if you want to watch it, <laughs> well, it's a I mean, <laughs> <laughs> put that on the poster. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like, I, I haven't watched it. I don't know if I will watch it because I I just I don't know if I can be bothered. I was I was sitting down last week and I had some time on my hands and I was like, maybe because I was kind of tired of, of watching South by Southwest films. And I was like, maybe I'll watch um, Batman versus Superman because I'd never seen it before. And then I saw that that movie was three hours long. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> I don't know if I can devote three hours of my time just as a prep time to watch a four hour hour movie. And I don't know. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I, when... I haven't even seen Batman versus Superman. I had no context. I've seen oh, Man dear. of Steel and I saw Wonder Woman and I was just like, all right, 
I still got caught up. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I swear I, to God, Tiramisu. What's she doing? She, you know, the little like door stopper things on the backs of doors. Whenever oh. she wants to leave the room, she starts hitting it. Well, it gets your so. attention. Yeah, she's she knows. She's like, if you do this, if you do okay, this, sorry. the human will come. Now she's yelling at the door. I so can't. I'm getting hear. Steve to come open it. Oh, she's just going. Oh, like, it's very cute, but also like annoying. Okay. Anyway, that was me. I watched the Snyder Cut. The first movie I briefly also wanted to mention, and it's not horror, and so I won't dig into it too much, but at South by Southwest, I did see Swan Song, which stars a horror icon, Udo Kier. <laughs> As I've heard such good things about this movie. Yes, it's it's fantastic. He plays a formerly... Or flam- well, okay, so it says a formerly flamboyant, but he's still flamboyant. So I'm going to say a flamboyant <laughs> former hairdresser that takes a long walk across a small town to style a dead woman's hair. That's the IMDb uh, plot synopsis. And I love it's, it. It's literally, it's literally it. He is living in an old folks home. The lawyer for this really, this really famous, well, I don't know how famous she is, famous for Sandusky, Ohio. <laughs> woman who he used to style her hair for has has finally passed away and she wanted to pay him $25,000 to do this this final styling for her her casket and they had a falling out years before when his uh assistant played to like reserved perfection by Jennifer Coolidge <gasps> stole her from him when she decided to, to set up her own shop across the street from his old shop. And so it's basically like, it's, it's, it's a funny, it's a funny movie. It's also kind of, it's very sad about this man looking back at his life and realizing how things have changed. And since he was, you know, younger and his, his husband, well, they never got married, but his boyfriend passed away from AIDS in the, in the mid nineties. And so just sort of seeing like, the changes that gay people have have gone through in the last uh, you know 30 40 years and it's it's it was really good i it's probably one of my favorites of the fest it's just it was very uh touching that's what i've heard and udo kier puts out a great performance and it's just so funny to think of udo kier in like a touching performance cuz i feel like i've just seen him being like <laughs> wild wild yeah so I'm really, I'm really excited to see that when it finally comes out. And since that's been so positive, I can't imagine it's not going to get distribution sometime soon. I'm sure it will. What was the uh, other movie that you watched? <laughs> um, Hunter Hunter. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! So this is Sean Linden's film starring Devin Sawa, where fur trapper leaves his wife and daughter behind to kill a rogue wolf in the remote wilderness, but. Things go um, south. <laughs> it <sighs> so okay. The movie is absolutely bonkers. These this family lives out in the middle of nowhere. They live in the woods. They live in the wilderness. And Devon Sawa is very much like a you know I will not be living in the like around people. I want to be in seclusion. And his wife. And is like, yeah, I get it, but also our daughter should probably like be around other kids. 
But there is a wolf that has been following their family that they say has been like following their family and has been causing, you know, for multiple years has been stalking the family and also has been eating the animals off the the trap line because they trap small, small animals for their fur. And then an injured man comes towards the cabin while Devin Sawa's character is out hunting the wolf and his wife and daughter are left alone at the cabin. And so things just uh, go south from there. I don't want to spoil it because I had no idea. And it's really good when you have no idea what's going on. But holy shit, it has one of the best endings I've ever seen. It's a great ending. It's such a good ending. I really enjoy. I like the whole movie. I know, Terry, you didn't enjoy the whole film, right? As much? Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was a fine film. I, I thought some of the um, extraneous bits a little uh, much for me. Some of the like the the cop interludes and the mm, I get okay. why they were there and I understand it. It's just some of that stuff. Like I I really wish that it had fo- it was more focused on just the dynamics between her her husband and this uh, interloper. I guess we'll call him. Yeah. Okay. So I That's I thought fair. it was. I thought it was fine, but but you're right. Once it escalates at the end, I was like, I was hooked and I was biting my nails and just right on board up until the wow ending. <laughs> yeah, so that is so Hunter Hunter. It's now on Hulu. If you have a subscription, I highly recommend that you check it out. It's an hour and 30 minutes. It's really tense. It's a nail biter, quite literally. So um, yeah, check that one out. I want to talk about it more, but I can't because I don't want to spoil it for everybody. Yeah, so. this is a movie that it definitely like I'm I'm usually not very verboten with with like spoilers, but this is definitely a movie that especially when you get to the ending, you just it's one that you want to experience without knowing. And I don't think even knowing that it's going to have like a wow ending, I don't think prepares you. Did it prepare you, Mary Beth? Because you kind of knew. fucking not. I screamed like I knew it was going to have a wow ending, but I fucking screamed like. Yeah. Like, not in a scared way, but in, like, a holy shit. So you, even if you know, like, you do not know. So <laughs> just watch it and enjoy it. And, yeah, <laughs> that's all I can say. All I, I, I would like to say. Um, but, Terry, what was the other movie that you wanted to talk about this week? South by Southwest, I think, this this year has really put out some interesting eco-horror movies. Because last week I talked about Gaia, and this week, the other movie that really stood out to me from the fest was a movie called The Feast. Okay. Ooh, I've heard about this one. Yeah. So this one is set, it's set in Wales. It's in Welsh. Oh, it's in Welsh? It is in Welsh, and I have determined that uh, that is one of the most difficult languages. Um, (laughs) Have you ever uh, seen it written down? Well, some of the names that were coming across, yes, I saw it, and there there was like- It was it was broken into like chapters. There was chapter letterings, and I'm like, okay, are we just like throwing random consonants and and names at this point? Because like, there's a lot. So if you can write and speak Welsh, uh, my hats off to you because it looks really confusing. <laughs> it's wild. Anyway, uh, but it's about this rich family. The mother at one point lived on this land when it was a farm. And then they bodo bo, bodo bulldozed oh, yeah. the <laughs> they bodozed they bulldozed the the farm at one point and built this minimalistic sharp uh, modern postmodern even house on the top of this of this hill 
and their family is pretty fucked. <laughs> the husband is a politician, and this is where they, they spend the summers. And Ooh. they're setting up for a party, and there's this waitress that comes, and she is very quiet, very soft-spoken, doesn't speak a whole lot at all. And she starts to help him throughout the day as they're preparing for this this feast that night. But there's something really off about her. There's one part where she touches a tablecloth and leaves dirt behind on it, smudges of dirt when she doesn't have any dirt on her. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. And she has this ability to make this sound that that all of a sudden gives people earaches. So she, there's something off about her. And by the end of the movie, it progresses to quite a bloody confrontation at the very end. And it is definitely about nature and about these uh, rich people taking advantage of the land and also their servants. And it's a really interesting fable. I really enjoyed it. That sounds something like something I am very interested in seeing. Do you know? I think you would really like it. Does it have distribution? I don't know. Off the top of my oh. head, I, I'm not 100% sure if it does or does not. As I'm sure it said, will. A woman puts hand on tablecloth and she has no dirt on her hands but leaves dirt. I'm like, yep. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's a slow. It's definitely a slow burn that leads to one of those really outrageous endings. I but man, it's, it's a... It was it was a, it was a ride. I know it was it was uh, fun, partially funded by the British Film Institute, so I'm I'm mm. f- fairly certain that we'll be seeing this at some point from one of the indie horror uh, you know production houses because it has a lot of funding behind it. It has a lot of backing. I'm sure we'll see it. And it cool. got good reviews out of South by. Hell yeah! Oh, I'm so excited. Well, that's all of the kind of recent stuff we've watched, but. <laughs> Now let's talk about the Hammer horror film we watched. Terry, what which which film did we watch for this week? We watched it would be you'd be um forgiven if you thought it was a werewolf movie because it all happens around full moons, which is an odd coincidence, but we watched a movie called The Gorgon about a gorgon that takes human <laughs> form and terrorizes a small European village by turning its citizens to stone. That is the the basic plot line for this, but it all happens around full moons. So I 100% at one point was like, did I start the right movie? <laughs> <laughs> like I talk about it later on. I'm like, wait a second. What? But yes, Gorgons and full moons. So Terry, what did you think of this one? Um, So I have decided that I want hammer horror movies to be more about something than they are if that makes sense yeah i thought about this as i was as as i was watching this movie because last week we watched twins of evil and i really wanted them to interrogate that sort of inherent patriarchy slash the the feminist undertones of it more than well at all maybe because it didn't really do it once it brought them up in the beginning yeah and i felt the same way about this movie where um there was a it has a lot of similar beats where it's a small village there's this like there's a patriarchy involved there's men treating women poorly there's a lot of that and then i was like oh good we have the gorgon which is historically the idea is that she's so ugly that she turns people to stone and I was like, maybe they'll interrogate this. And I think, well, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think there's any way you can spin it to say they do. <laughs> no, no, they don't. That said, 
I enjoyed it an awful lot for what it was giving. Yeah, I think I the more that I think about it, the, th- the more I did enjoy it. I think I also really love the story of Gorgon slash Medusa. I think it's a really mm-hmm. she's a really interesting character. And I think there's a lot of subversive things about her. Obviously, this movie was not about her being subversive. This was no. about her being evil. Well, it wasn't even Medusa. It was another one of the Gorgons. I think there was an interesting tension here. Can I give a spoiler? Are we just going to give a spoiler for this one? Yeah, Can we let's just... do it. Yeah. Okay, so I immediately was like, Carla, this beautiful young woman who can't leave. I was like, that bitch is the Gorgon because her hair yeah. is so big. And like, I was like, is she <laughs> the Gorgon? I texted Terry. I'm like, she's the Gorgon, right? She is. But there is this really, like at one point, you know, she is very beautiful very young, you know, like porcelain skin and very slender, whatever, red lipstick. And then there's the Gorgon who is, you know, portrayed as an old woman who is the ugliest thing you've ever seen. And there is that really interesting tension there between expectations of beauty because her love, like her lover at one point says, there's no way a beautiful woman like Carla could be the (laughs) monster. And there is such an interesting thing there about how men fear women and how they fear their power and how these women threaten their power but that's me reading into like subcontext and like everything else it's not really addressed in the movie but they're like again there is like a nugget a grain of something there but it's not really discussed other than like look she is beautiful but she is also ugly yeah one of the notes that i that i wrote was that this movie is not going to be known for its mystery because there's literally (laughs) Two women. Well, okay. Other than the one woman that gets turned to stone in the beginning of the film, there's literally only two women in this entire movie. So the if there's going to be a mystery about if one of them is the Gorgon, I, I mean, you have a 50-50 chance of being able to, to ping it. And you're probably not going to guess the, the poor mental uh, institution patient who has been kept up, even though I think the movie is trying to use her as like a... Red flag? Red flag? Is that what I'm looking for? Red herring. Red herring. My God. I never once like her... thought that. I no, literally never once thought that. I was like, why is she even in this movie? I know. And so I think that like the mystery part of it is a very underbaked because it's like, it's obvious. <laughs> it's obvious from the it's... moment she shows up and you're like, her hair is full of secrets. That's why it's so yeah. big. I know. Uh, I couldn't stop thinking about her giant hair. <laughs> I okay, so but what I did think was interesting, again, it's not really explored to the potential that I would I would want it to be in the year 2021. But I did like this idea of that Peter Cushing is playing this guy that's obviously in love with her and is very possessive of her, and he is sort of lying in order to protect her from being turned in as the as the as the Gorgon. And so he has been basically one kind of gaslighting her, and two basically gaslighting the entire town he even like he lies in court he lies to her he lies to everyone because he is obsessed with her and i think that that is an interesting dynamic yes because he is the ultimate villain behind it all in my in my mind this poor gorgon she's just doing what what she does and the fact that he is constantly gaslighting her this entire movie is I, I think it's I think there's something interesting there. There is, and that relationship and that power dynamic was really fascinating. And the way he like you know she he, she's mine, she's mine, she's mine, and obviously his obsession with her has led to this to murder to multiple murders. And the fact that he seems to know about it but doesn't really care is fa- is very fascinating. And like that whole that whole subplot 
is like it's it's really abusive but in a way that the the like the film knows it's abusive it's not like dry, mm-hmm. it's not like super problematic but being like hey this is the dichotomy between a healthy relationship and like an obsessive abusive relationship where you are like told you can't leave the town but you don't know why and also you have amnesia and I'm just going to take advantage of you, like a young yeah. woman. So I, I just think it's I, I thought it was an interesting addition to the story that could have just as easily been there's a Gorgon killing people. She's evil. Kill her. Like it, it, the story didn't need this addition, but it did. It had it. And I think that it had it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did think that was that was an interesting addition to the story, even though it wasn't as uh, explored as much as I would probably prefer yeah and i also have a gripe with the fact that the actual gorgon is in it for maybe all of two minutes yeah there was um an interview at one point in his career with with christopher lee where he said he is quoted as saying something about to the effect of well the only problem with the gorgon was the gorgon (laughs) he he, he like was looking back on it and said that it was like a a haunting little picture and that he enjoyed it but that the gorgon itself kind of let it down yeah, and like I like thought the design was kind of cool in the photo, the film, like the stills I've seen, but they don't do that. They don't do the character design, the creature design, any justice in the film. No, and so that is a really interesting story about like obsessive men, and you know, again, because it's like these men are all obsessed with her in one way or another. Like there is an obsessive, not over, not even just over Carla, but over the Gorgon, and the Gorgon is obviously female, so there is this female obsession going on like a subtext not even subtext like the text of the film is about that and there is Mm -hmm. a lot i think to look at there about power dynamics and the the necessity of controlling the female body from being unruly from being monstrous Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of interesting things about the monstrous feminine going on in this in this film also shout out to christopher lee for you know getting top billing and only being in like 20 minutes of the film also, I've never seen Christopher Lee look so hot with like his mustache mm-hmm. and like his hair that isn't like perfectly slicked back and it's got like a little shaggy. Like nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. And, too- and Peter Cushing has mutton chops. <laughs> but he was also looking kinda 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 attractive in this. I don't know. There was right? something about him. I was like, oh, okay. You're a dick. I don't like you, but Imprison me, Daddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> minor notes though about it one thing that i i did find really really humorous was the fact that someone will run in attack someone and then take off running and they'll be chased until they're off the off the stage or off the screen and then it was like oh i'm just gonna give up this happens like twice in the movie where there's like an assistant to peter cushing who like tries to attack someone and he gets chased off by Christopher Lee, and both times Christopher Lee just like almost was like shaking his hand and don't come back. Both times, even though like murderous <laughs> intent was clearly in the attacker's mind, it just it cracks me up. Like he he literally is like three feet ahead of you. Couldn't you chased him down if, if he wanted to? That made me laugh. Yep. Oh, and sorry, one more very tiny note. There's a moment where a guy walks outside and there's like no rain, and then it just immediately starts pouring. And if that doesn't <laughs> indicate the mood of this week, I don't know what else does. Yeah. So that about does it for this week's this week's little cuts. So Terry, before we wrap up, what hammer horror film are we talking about next week? <laughs> wrap up. God damn it. <laughs> well, to piggyback off of this this wrap up, we are going to actually unwrap 1959's The Mummy. 
Again with uh, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee in, in it. This podcast is canceled. As long as you're not milkshake ducked. Oh, for fuck's sake. I don't, whatever. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, uh, and so then, who are we talking with on, on Monday, Mary Beth, for the main feed? The Monday's episode, we are talking to Emma Kogan, who is one of the co-founders of Monstrous Femme Films and the co-host of the soon-to-be-launched podcast, To Die For. Uh, we are talking about Orphan Baby. Yeah, we are. camp classic Orphan that it feels like there's a tiny resurgence coming. And I hope this episode continues because this conversation is so fun and so wild about a very wild movie. Oh, man. This was my first time watching the movie. And oh, boy. my God. Ah, um, boy. <laughs> so, listeners, you have heard from us, but we want to hear from you. Did you watch a film that we've talked about and have thoughts? Do you have suggestions for film we sh- films we should watch? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Gailey Dreadful. And of course, make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. Also, please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. We we are at like 79 ratings, and we have been at that for like forever. And I would like to... I would like to hit 80 just so that we have like an even number. So if someone will go out there and just like drop a rating, drop a review, preferably I'll send five you stars. A digital ki- I'll send you a digital kiss. There you go. Mwah. <laughs> Mwah. <laughs> there it is. Mwah. There you go. I mean, that right there is, is worth a, a five-star review, I think. If you give us a five-star review, I will sing Fast Car again. <laughs> Wait, hold on. That might not be an incentive. <laughs> you we'll decide. It, we'll see if it is. Anyway, thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for the music. Make sure to pre-order his album. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. Uh, until next time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. 
ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>